The gospel reading for this morning is taken from Matthew's gospel, beginning in the 21st chapter at the first verse. And Matthew wrote these things. When they neared Jerusalem, having arrived at Bethphage on Mount Olives, Jesus sent two disciples with these instructions. Go over to the village across from you. You'll find a donkey tethered there, her colt with her. Untie her and bring them to me. If anyone asks what you're doing, say, the master needs them. He will send them with you. This is the full story of what was sketched earlier by the prophet. Tell Zion's daughter, look, your king's on his way, poised and ready, mounted on a donkey on a colt, the foal of a pack animal. And the disciples went and did exactly what Jesus told them to do. They led the donkey and colt out, laid some of their clothes on them, and Jesus mounted. Nearly all the people in the crowd threw their garments down on the road, giving him a royal welcome. Others cut branches from the trees and threw them down as a welcome mat. And crowds went ahead and crowds followed, all of them calling out, Hosanna to David's son. Blessed is he who comes in God's name. Hosanna in the highest heaven. As he made his entrance into Jerusalem, the whole city was shaken and unnerved people were asking, what's going on here? Who is this? And the parade crowd answered, this is the prophet Jesus, the one from Nazareth in Galilee, and I'd like to go on just a little further. Jesus went straight to the temple and threw out everyone who'd set up shop buying and selling, and he kicked over the tables of loan sharks and the stalls of dove merchants, and he quoted this text, my house was designated a house of prayer. You have made it a hangout for thieves. Now there was room for the blind and crippled to get in. They came to Jesus, and he healed them. And this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Would you pray with me, please? Oh God, you call us again today to live into your ways. Help us when the world weighs us down, when our lives become difficult. We know we can't truly love you if we do not love our neighbors. As we remember this Holy Week, your life, death, and resurrection, help us to experience your love in new ways and then to share that love with the world. Open our ears, our minds, our hearts to your word for us this day. Amen. On Palm Sunday, April 9th, 1865, Confederate General, General Robert E. Lee surrendered to Ulysses S. Grant, General of the Union Army, at the village of Appomattox Courthouse, Virginia. This surrender ended, ended the bloodiest war ever fought on American soil. State against state, brother against brother, it was a conflict that literally tore our nation apart. Five days later, Good Friday, April 14, 1865, America's most revered president, Abraham Lincoln, was shot and mortally wounded by John Wilkes Booth in Ford's theater. It was Lincoln who wrote the Emancipation Proclamation that ended slavery in the United States.
It was Lincoln who wrote and gave the Gettysburg Address. Lincoln hated war, but he was drawn into this one because he believed it was the only way to save the nation. On Palm Sunday, the war ended. On Good Friday, Abraham Lincoln was assassinated. Welcome to Holy Week. That's the kind of world that we live in. The triumphant end to a terrible war on Sunday and the tragic slaying of the great leader who helped bring us through that war on Friday. That is life. Now people lined the streets as they rode into town. Leafy palm branches were spread before him and there were shouts of Hosanna, save us now, Jesus. Ride on. But we know that the cheering didn't last for very long. There's a point when the tide starts to turn against him. So how did shouts of Hosanna on Sunday turn to shouts of crucify him on Friday? In five days, it all fell apart. Why? Well, perhaps one contributing factor is that as he approached Jerusalem, Jesus started to talk more and more about commitment. A rich young ruler came running out to Jesus, and you all know what took place. Jesus says, go and sell all that you have and give it to the poor and then just come and follow me. And people were very surprised because, you see, they'd come to believe that rich people were blessed by God. Yet here is Jesus asking this young man to turn his back on all his wealth and solely be committed to following Jesus. And then just where is the grace when 5,000 were hungry, Jesus fed them. When people brought their sick to them, he healed them. When a woman is caught in an act of adultery and about to be stoned, Jesus comes to her rescue and saves her. This ministry had been grace upon grace upon grace. But now Jesus seems to be saying the time for commitment is now. Hungry one morning, Jesus stops by a fig tree and finds no figs. And he withers the tree because it's not producing fruit. A parable is told. Who is more committed? The son who says, I will work, and then doesn't. Or the son who says, I will not work, and repents, and then goes and gets the work done. It's the son who does the work. United Methodist Bishop Kenneth Carter wrote, and I quote, The church of today has become an institution in which even belief in God is optional or peripheral. Marketing techniques for a multiple option institution have replaced response to the gospel of Jesus Christ as the means of membership enlistment. The basic appeal is to self-defined needs rather than a radical call to discipleship. The church's mission all too often is to meet the members' perceived needs rather than to serve God's need for a redeemed, 
reconciled and healed world, end quote. To recruit persons and to be marketable, we think that we need to be able to say, look at what our church can offer you. Would you like fries with that? I would think that the rich young ruler who walked away that day, he wasn't the only one. It is probably safe to assume that a whole group of as yet uncommitted folks also walked. Jesus moved from pure grace to actually talk about obligation that comes to people who have experienced and accepted that grace. People walked rather than totally commit. Ride on, Jesus. And more people walked when Jesus dared to show that all people are to be loved. Just look at what happens on Palm Sunday. He goes straight on into the temple and drives the money changers out. And after the temple has been emptied of those folks, Scripture tells us that now there was room for the blind and the crippled to get in. There's suddenly room in the church for the outcasts. He dares to bring them into the church. But all people have access to God. And this is what the kingdom of God will look like. Ride on, Jesus. British author Graham Greene once waited two and a half years for a 15-minute appointment with the Roman Catholic mystic Padre Pio, who resided at an Italian monastery. Padre Pio was said to be a living saint and bore on his body the stigmata or the wounds of Christ. On the day that Greene was to meet with the mystic, he first attended a mass where Padre Pio officiated. Their appointment was to begin immediately after the Mass. Instead, Green left the church, went straight to the airport, and flew directly back to London. And when asked why he broke the appointment he'd waited for two and a half years to get, Green said, and I quote, I was not ready for the manner in which that man could change my life. Palm Sunday, folks, is one of those rubber-meets-the-road kind of days. Jesus stays committed to his call to the very bitter end, and he attempted to explain that discipleship costs something over and over and over and over again. And as long as people were being healed and fed and nothing was required of them, everything was fine. But as Jesus entered Jerusalem for the final showdown, things got amped up a bit, and people began to walk. Not because they hadn't come to love Jesus in some way, but because they weren't ready to make that kind of commitment. They really weren't ready to open up the doors of the church and invite all people to come in. And then they walked because they ultimately weren't ready for the manner in which Jesus could change their life. And ultimately, you need to choose. And you need to commit. Or you need to walk. Ride on, Jesus. Ride on. Amen.